Hey beautiful, welcome to the When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains podcast with me, your host, Tanya Valentin. I am the author of the book, When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains, Five Steps to Reconnecting with Your Wild, Authentic Inner Queen. And I help soul-led midlife mums who are navigating change to reconnect with who they truly are. This podcast is dedicated to women's spiritual awakening stories. My guests share with you their story and what they are doing to co-create magic in the world. Please know that if you are in the process of a spiritual awakening, that you are not alone. There is always help and support available to you. Please be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your mothers, your sisters, your girlfriends, and your daughters. Hey, beautiful. Let me know, is this you on your spiritual path? You know that you want more, more purpose, more meaning, more attunement, more enlightenment. And you are reading all the books, you're going to the webinars, you're doing the workshops, you're studying the scriptures, you're doing the personal development coaching, and you are just feeling more overwhelmed and confused than before. My guest today, Adele Wang, shares her story of moving from confusion and overwhelm to self-trust, attunement and confidence. Be prepared to be inspired. Welcome to the show, Adele. Adele is a leading mentor for professionals struggling with stress and craving lives of more purpose, meaning and connection. As a spiritual teacher, speaker and energy healer, she has helped hundreds of leaders around the world reduce anxiety and attract more fulfilling careers and relationships. She is a frequent speaker on consciousness, business, psychology, and personal development. As the host of All Things Human podcast, Adele is the only wisdom teacher who combines the power of storytelling with mindset, embodiment, and spiritual practices to help people to create success at a time where there's more change and uncertainty than ever. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about um, who you are and um, the work that you do with, um, with people? Sure. Well, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, here in the U.S., and uh, for the last 15 years, I've specialized with helping women who are like me, where I was um, not too long ago, about 15 years ago. I was stress, um, struggling with a lot of anxiety in a corporate environment. I had no clue what spirituality or awakening was whatsoever. I was feeling very disconnected from people. I think I had a lot of social anxiety. Um, and back then, I thought the solution to every problem was to go study it because I was raised with a lot of academics and medical physicians in my family. So the idea of problem solving, whatever your problem is, there's a book for it. You just apply yourself and you should be able to solve just about anything. If you really 
buckle down and take it seriously. And that works for a lot of things, but it doesn't work for what we're going to talk about today. The awakening process, I learned the hard way. (laughs) It isn't something that you just sort of apply yourself with a book because my, in my case, my biggest spiritual pain um, was invisible. Mm -hmm. I led a life of quiet desperation that looked great on the outside. So, you know, I felt very uncomfortable that my trauma wasn't like, you know, something horrible had happened to me when I was in middle school or like all these dramatic stories. I I couldn't relate, but I knew I felt miserable. Mm. And so I was reading a lot of books, self-help books and um, Tony Robbins, all these things. And it didn't really work. Mm. I even explored spirituality. I thought, well, if psychology is not working, let's go into spiritual new age stuff. And, you know, they all have value. I'm I'm an avid learner. It's just that I didn't realize that the real, the the engine that makes all this work has nothing to do with academic learning or even the analysis of what awakening is and what it's not. It has everything to do with experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it's, it's a long, long story short, but was that I had no idea how miserable I was because I was, I was obsessed with being awakened. I was Mm. obsessed that I am spiritual as everybody else. It's messed up. I mean, I really had that mindset Uh, because of the people I was around. I assumed that we were the elite, you know, really it went to my head. Mm -hmm. And now I look back and how much pain I was carrying because I was trying so hard to be this evoked uh, alive person. Mm. And the more you try the more you try to be yourself, the less you are, right? So, yeah. you know, and I mean, I'm sure we can talk about that for hours, but I think that this is one of the biggest problems in the awakening movement is that people are trying mm. to awake through a strategy, through, uh, you know, a technique. And I mean, all these things have value, but that's not, in my experience, that's not really where the main thing happens. And for me, since I had such a thick skull, it mm. had to come to truly ahead. Um, I was madly in love with this man who could hardly give me the time of day. And I remember at that point when he ghosted me, which I'm sure, you know, is incredibly painful, yeah. right? Cause you don't know exactly what happened. There's no closure. Right. And mm-hmm. I remember at that point, a click went off in my head that I had tried everything in terms of self-development books. I had really meditated. I had done all these things to try to be the girlfriend that he wanted to be. I mean, I had this great relationship in my head. It didn't work. And I felt like God or the divine was playing one nasty practical joke on me. Mm. I really did. I really felt like that life had become an intolerable, humiliating, bad joke. How could it be that someone who had devoted their lives to spiritual awakening, how could this happen? And I remember a switch went off in my head that I no longer wanted to be constantly improving myself anymore because it didn't Mm. work. It does not work. And I said, all right, if I don't figure this out in six months, I'm still figuring it out. If if I don't figure it out in six months, I am going to leave this world because I see no reason for being here. I've tried everything to be a good person, to be forgiving, all this stuff that I had absorbed in the effort to be happier actually made me more disconnected than ever. Mm. 
And when I didn't get what I wanted, everything blew up. So I went the other way. I said, Mm. okay, I give up. This isn't working. And I'm just going to leave unless something drastic happens. And that was what was necessary for some things to really start happening for me. And I met some, it's, it's a long story. I met some indigenous healers or some other, and they took one look at me and these are not famous people. These are not people on the speaking circuit that have these big books, but oh boy, they were instrumental in my path. I had no idea what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just knew something was awakening and, you know, like I could feel something and I didn't want to tell anybody in my corporate job. I was afraid people would think I was crazy. You know, I thought I was going crazy, but really the bow had broke. Mm-hmm. And that's what my, I had a very rough process of awakening, but it's because I was so thick in my head about it. Mm-hmm. So once I started to uh, really discover, oh my God, I've been physically alive, but not living at all. Um, I started to share what I knew with people like me. So now I typically work with very sensitive, professional, perfectionist women who they're physically alive, but they don't feel like they're living. Yeah. And, you know, that feeling of I'm living and breathing, but is, you know, something is missing. And sometimes they're doing a lot of positive affirmations and positive thinking and this and that. And like, Let's not do any more of that because it's not working. Let's try something else. So, you know, if that's called awakening, that's lovely. I love the word. Um, For me, it's just, where did your aliveness go? Yeah. So that's my language over here. So Mm -hmm. my entire body of work borrows from the the things that I learned the hard way around. How do you, how do you become alive? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're thinking positive? Does that mean you're meditating on the yoga mat? Like, how do I do this? So um, I'm very, very interested in your podcast. I think what you're talking about is very important. Um, And I said, oh, this is is a good topic that I think it's time has come amidst a lot of the toxic positive thinking Mm. that I'm seeing everywhere. It's just making people worse, you know? Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I I, I totally resonate with your story, not so much in like the the intellectual stuff, um, but, you know, when it happened for me, I was at this point where, you know, people would probably look at my life and they would think, okay, well, you know, she's, she's, what has she got to complain about? She's got a good job. She's got, you know, a family. She's got kids. She's got a nice house. Um, yes. You know, she's got good friends, got a lovely family. But yeah. I just felt so dead on the inside. Um, and yeah, just, I think for me and kind of what I'm, I'm gauging from what you said, you know, we're trying to fix an internal problem with like an external solution, but the answer comes from inside inside of us. Yes. And you know, I read that over and over and over and I could spit it out to people and still not really understand what it means. Oh, it's an Mm. inside job. Let me go meditate. It's an inside job. But really for me, at least my awakening started when I stopped trying to fix myself. Mm. 
My awakening start started when I stopped the constant self-improvement because for me, that was exactly what was killing me inside because you're never done, right? It's never no. good enough, right? Even your spirituality is not good enough. Your positive thinking is not enough. Your, your fitness, your looks, it's never enough. And I was constantly trying to get to a better version of myself. But when you do that, it's like negating where you are right now and living for this. It's like spending your life. I tell all my clients, don't spend your life preparing to live. Yeah. You know, like a lot of this preparation people are doing for finally someday I'll be alive. Yeah. Let's stop. You know, I, know, like, I know. And then you get to that next level and you just don't feel satisfied because. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I totally get that. And, you know, I don't know if we, if it was like this for you, but a lot of rediscovering my authentic self or awakening was actually just getting more in touch with me and trusting my own intuition. And a lot of it was actually getting in touch with the things that I really enjoyed to do before I was a mom, before I was someone's wife, when I was just you know, when I was just me, when I was just like a teenager or a child, those little things that brought me joy um, were actually part of my awakening process because I rediscovered those things. I rediscovered that version of me. And so it wasn't actually moving to a higher version. It was actually almost coming back to me. Exactly. I think sometimes people think awakening means you rise up. Like there's this model that you're going up. And I think that came from the chakra world where mm. people had this idea, well, I'm living in the seventh chakra, like that somehow that is better because we're sort of coached to be in this grade school mentality of first grade to second grade to third grade. And nobody wants to be first grade. Everybody <laughs> wants to be PhD level, right? But instead, it's really more of a circular going deep mm. model that it took me a while to really grasp that. I understood it intellectually and I could spit it out and have no idea what I was saying, yeah. uh, but I read it in a book somewhere by someone famous. So that must be true. Mm. And it never occurred to me that all these parts of me, my, my childhood, what I like to do, like what, what you just said, Tanya is beautiful. You don't have to go finding her. She's already here. You yeah. know, she's just been quiet for a while. And I feel like sometimes when people are on a mission to find themselves, it's as if the real self is not here. Mm. I got to go somewhere. Like, yeah. I, yeah. you know, if there's that seeker model, which is so seductive. Mm. So for your for your audience if you're out there seeking constantly seeking like where am i or where am i going it's it's exhausting it's frustrating it's confusing the idea that you're already here it's it's it, it takes the brain a second to sit with that concept and relax into the moment of oh maybe i don't need to burn my brain out trying to figure out who i am yeah, it's we're used to problem solving, which is you burn your brain out to, you know, calculate this or solve that. Not with this type of thing. No. no. And because I came from such an academic intellectual family, I had to learn the hard way. So my hope is with through podcasts like this, people don't have to almost unalive themselves yeah. like I do. So I just love what you're doing with your podcast. I think it's very necessary and important right now especially if people have a very intellectualized idea of what awakening means. Everybody mm. wants to be with the awakened group, right? I'm, 
you know, but what does that mean? Right. Oh, I know. I know. And I think also, you know, in terms of what you, what's reflected back to you in social media or with so-called like awakening gurus. Oh gosh. Don't um, get me started. (laughs) You know, it kind of like, you kind of feel like you have to be a certain type of person or you need to fit into a certain image to be an awakened person. And I typically find like I, a lot of the, the women that I work with are sort of women in, in like their, you know, their midlife. And, you know, I think we, we have a um, innate sort of opening to awakening when we reach um midlife it is kind of like there is a door that sort of opens um whether it's you know you know what's happening with our brains or what's happening with our ourselves physically but there is this this opportunity for us to actually um you know move into or go deeper into who who we already are and to learn to trust ourselves and not to care so much about what other people think about us or fitting into somebody else's idea of who we should be. Yeah. Say that a million times, you know, because that is so important because I, I was very competitive about being the best version of myself or what a spiritual person should be like, because I saw these models of, you know, and it's not that those models are wrong, but really, you know, I I've been around a lot of spiritual people. I get a lot of clients who've done a lot of spiritual work. Mm-hmm. They've read every book. They, they've done intense ashrams and, and wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. They know things that I, I can only read about, but I can take one look at the aura and I'll, I'm just asking them, you know, I love that you know all this stuff, but how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And usually what happens is they can describe a lot of narrative about awakening, but on the ground in relationships, what they do for a living, the everyday life, not so happy. Yeah. So everything becomes for the next peak experience, the next spiritual retreat. Then I'm, you know, and I'm like, but you're using that to escape your life more than actually living it. And yeah. if you're grooving, yay on you. But if, if all you're doing is learning more insight, but you don't feel any happier, my yeah. attitude is, how is more insight going to help you with that? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very down to earth about these things. Yeah. How happy are you? Yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, um, it can, you very true. It's very true what you say. It can just become another addic- addiction, another mm-hmm. way of escaping, of escaping who we are or our unhappiness in our own life. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. I've done know? it. I've yeah. done it. <laughs> Yep. Everything I say, I'm describing my own journey. And that's why I understand it so well. And I have a lot of compassion for people going through that because I was there, Mm. you know? And so I went through that phase too, where I could tell you everything about the energetic system and the chakras and this and that. And I was quite professorial about it. And I, but in terms of how connected I felt with people, not so great. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is so true because I think when you're going through the process and for me, it, it wasn't so much um, kind of having to go out and fix myself. It was just kind of like staying in there because like in my work, I talk about, you know, we already have everything inside of us to 
you know, to rediscover who we are or to reconnect with who we are, who we authentically are. And, um, you know, I think sometimes it's just being able to stay in the discomfort for a little bit um, rather than trying to, as you said, you you pointed out, you know, that sort of um, uh, like emotional um, or spiritual. Um, oh, it's a word called for it, spiritual. Sorry. It's called spiritual bypassing. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Spiritual bypassing. You know, and I'm going to think about positive thoughts because if I have a negative thought, something bad could happen, right? So yeah, I don't yeah. want to be a negative person. So I'm obsessed with being positive. I get a lot of clients who literally have gone crazy or I mean, not, not clinically yeah. crazy, but what happens is they're lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. I've, they, they feel miserable, but they're telling themselves they feel positive because yeah. they read somewhere that that's the solution to solving problems is positive thinking. And it literally is ripping them up. Yeah, you know, because the truth is something's not working and it hurts. And the more you try to fool yourself, it's not so bad. It, it doesn't work. No, no. And I think in terms of, you know, people's COVID experiences as well, that has been, you know, that spiritual or emotional bypass has been has been huge too. I mean, I see it a lot here in New Zealand because we have pretty much for a long time been a COVID sort of free free zone here in New Zealand we you know most we probably in terms of the world population had the most sort of COVID free days here in New Zealand and it's not the case now because we we have a lot of Delta but um, you know I noticed last year especially people were too afraid to say well you know hey I I didn't get to do the thing that I really wanted to do with my child or I didn't um, I didn't get to go on my holiday or I'm feeling really trapped because there was always somebody else that kind of had it worse than us. And so, you know, there was this great, this, this sort of toxic gratitude that was going on. Like, um, you know, I, I can't feel sad about the thing that's happened in my life because there are people that have it worse than me. Yes. Um, so my feelings don't count. Yes. I'm quite familiar with that because many of my clients are very successful. So there's this idea that, well, I I shouldn't be complaining. You know, I have this great job. I make all this money. um, I have two happy kids. Who am I to complain? And what I notice is if people struggle with the desire for wanting, something is not, you're not alive. You're not fully alive. In order to be fully alive, you have to have some idea what it is that you want. And if people have shut down that desire engine, because I should be grateful for what I have, what I invite them is, yes, absolutely be grateful for what you have. And what do you want to create next? Because if there's not something calling, if there's Mm -hmm. not something new coming in, in general, people don't do very well. People don't do very well when the energy, in my words, it's too yin. It's Mm. fine. It's like nothing's moving. It's content. Too much contentment, though. You know, Mm. the energy starts to sink because there's no there's no spark, right? Too much spark and it's impatient. I'm never there. But to be able to sit with both is really important. Whether you've been fortunate or maybe you're dealing through a rough period, we can all find something to be grateful for and something that we're wanting more of. And then we can feel that aliveness in us to take action, to pursue things, to celebrate what we can. Absolutely. So I can relate to what you're saying. 
Yeah. It's been a difficult time for some people and other people, not so much. So it's, it's almost like survivor's guilt or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the people that, that have succeeded, um, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling that shame of, Oh, you know, I, I can't complain or, um, look how well I'm doing and I feel like I'm somehow bad because other people aren't doing so well so there there is a lot of that that going on um what I wanted to ask you though Adele was you know for people you know sometimes um I talk a lot in my work about archetypes and you know when when we have sort of fallen into that archetype of beings perhaps a selfless mother or we've, we've kind of totally identify with our role as mother or somebody's boss or, you know, a leader, and we've forgotten who we are as a person. Um, what, what advice can you give them to actually reconnecting with who, who they are? Um, yes, I love that question because I don't think I realized how disconnected I was. Like people talk about who I am, like, and you can tell, but when you're, people don't get it. You know, it, it's an intellectual, the answer is in you and you want to be more yourself. But if, if we're trying to figure out the, the what I say, the premise is, you know, you are you yourself when you're, you were genuinely happy and joyous, mm-hmm. that there's enough inspiration coming in. There's enough creative expression. You're able to say how you really feel. You, you have re- uh, receptive uh, partnerships that are receptive and supportive of you. So we don't have to go looking too far to figure out where the energetic leak is. You don't have to go to India to find yourself. We can take a look at what is happening right now. And sometimes I found it useful to change the words a little bit because sometimes spiritual people use words that are so nebulous that we can't be clear what the heck we're talking about. So I would rather say, tell me what's going on with you and your kids or you and your spouse. And usually whatever the rub is, wherever that, you know, it's, you know, well, we've got some issues. Oh, great. Let's start there because there's more of you that is itching for something new to come in that feels better. Or, you know, what is the problem that needs to be worked through? Because some people have been spending a little bit too much time on the meditation cushion Mm -hmm. and not enough time in actually taking action. So I believe in law of attraction. I also believe in law of action. So what happens with a lot of spiritual people, there's this idea that if I meditate enough, everything will sort of work out, you know, somehow I'll magically manifest. But if something is not working for at least six months, it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to, it's asking you to rise in some way that there's something about what's going on that is not really fitting you. And that requires, oh, I need to figure, I need to do some work. Either Mm -hmm. I'm saying yes when I mean no, my boundaries aren't very strong, I'm not being treated the way I need to be treated to be fulfilled, whatever it is, because that's the real you. That's the part that wants to come online rather than I am love. You know, like sometimes we are all love, but we are also here to groove it out. Yeah. So uh, sometimes that's a long answer to your question. I find changing the wording helpful. Mm. When people try, I want to be myself. What does that mean? It's it's a little bit too abstract for the average bear. Yeah. So I'm like, we don't have to look too far. 
you called me for a reason, something not working. And they're like, a lot of people call me and they don't even know why. So I get a lot of people, there's just this feeling and they're, they're kind of sheepish at first. Like, and I'm like, don't worry, you know, because they, they have an intuitive sense that this is big, right? Mm-hmm. And they look at their, their life and they don't know how to articulate it. I said, don't worry. My job is to turn you on. So you're fully alive. Would you like that? And they're like, yeah, that's good mm-hmm. enough. That's how I like to approach it. Yeah. 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 So, so if there was a listener who was feeling like, I'm not fully alive, but I don't know what fully alive is or how to even start. What would that would be your sort of starting point to look at what's not working? Yeah, yeah. Well, usually by the time people call me, there's more than two or three or four things going on. Mm. So typically, I, you know, when people are curious about working with me, I always say schedule a consult first. Let me listen. And I'm just listening. Can is this somebody I can help or not? Because if I don't think I can help somebody, I'll let them know, but I want to hear. And then I'm listening into the themes. Um, And if I don't think I can help them, I'll let them know. If I do think I can help them, I usually ask a few questions. Given the five or 10 things you've mentioned, what's the top one? Because all roads lead to Rome. They all do. I don't care Mm -hmm. which one. They're all leading leading to Rome. So don't worry. We won't miss the memo. But (laughs) I'd like to start with the one that is bothering you the most so that I don't go down a rabbit hole and start talking about something that is 10th on your list. I'd rather stick to the top two. And that helps focus the work. And as I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm thinking about if I how can I serve this person? Because I have never different ways. Sometimes people need private work. Sometimes I have some small group work that is fits some women. So I never know, you know, what way works best, but I'm listening deeply. What does this soul need the most, you know, to, to get the best results in the, the quickest amount of time, given what I do, what is the best form for us to work together? And I never know till I, you know, talk with people. And then I suggest, well, you know, based on what you're telling me, this is, if we were to work together, this is what I would recommend. And if that sounds groovy to you, you know, we can uh, talk about, you know, setting up work, but I like it to be a very co-creative process so that people know there's a click that happens like, yeah, this feels good. And my experience, at least the way I work is um, people don't need to work with me for 10 billion years to get results. And there's, there's a difference in the way I work. Therapy is wonderful. Some people need therapy. But therapy has a little bit more of a different focus. Hmm. Um, I I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but um, there are different kinds of therapy. And I get a lot of people who've done a lot of therapy and it reaches a point where they're talking about the same things. They don't feel like they're getting anywhere. I'm like, let's let's have a conversation. There's other things possible. They've either done a lot of therapy, it didn't work, or sometimes I'm part of the therapeutic team. Mm -hmm. So there might be a psychologist, there's me, there's a physician. That works out really well too. So I've worked in all different settings and combinations with other professionals. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like really amazing and well, you know, well needed work. The the world needs to come alive. So if you're listening to this um, broadcast, yay on you, you're, you're somebody who's intrigued by, you know, coming alive in this life. I mean, one life, you know, make it the best, the best one you can. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So resonate with what you're saying there. It's just been amazing to chat to you. Um, so I, if you could go back and, and talk to Adele of like mm-hmm. 20 years ago, Oh my God. What did you say to her? Oh my gosh. What? I was so lost. I was so lonely, socially awkward. I was, I was, I would yap at people out of nervousness. I literally didn't know how to have a conversation with people because I was so anxious when someone's talking to me, I'm trying to think of something clever to say, solve their problem, come across competent. I it, it was really bad. So what I would probably tell her is relax and stop trying so hard. Relax and get off of this self-improvement engine. It's just making you ner- neurotic. Mm. And there are people who can help you in a very different way because Adele, you're spending too much time alone with books. If your basic problem with awakening has to do with relationships, which I think for most people, it is relationship in some way, but like most people, we feel the rub of problems with awakening in relationship, whether your boss, your kids, you know, job, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually not when you're by yourself. It's usually when you're around other humans yeah. Um, yeah. that tells what I would tell her is you're not going to be able to solve this relating with humans problem with a book. Right. By definition, if the problem is you have trouble being with people, don't fool yourself that you can solve that in the bathroom with a book talking to a mirror, for example. You have to be with a human that can guide you, someone who understands the spirit, the soul work, and not the narrative of your thinking. Because for me, my brain was already overheated. Mm. So more mental cognitive stuff for me didn't work. Now I realize for some people it is useful. So I'm for whatever works. There's so many ways to awaken. This is just the style that helped me. And that's what I would probably tell my younger self. I would tell her you're miserable. Don't, you know, be honest. You are miserable (laughs) and, um, and find people who are okay with you being miserable instead of trying to fix you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Such powerful stuff really really powerful and you know I think I think you know it's quite often a lot of our work is actually just reparenting our younger self oh yeah oh yeah I know that's not the sexy answer that people want to hear especially if you had parents that were a little bit lacking and as part of the awakening is to get over that disappointment mm-hmm. of you know why couldn't they have been there for me or why did I, why do I have to have a life constantly dealing with myself it's unfair that shouldn't have happened I mean I I went through all that yeah you know because it looked like everyone else's life was just fine and dandy they're not having to go to spiritual healers what's wrong with me but now I know everyone's fighting a battle that Mm. you can't see that is so true um you know I think everybody is everybody feels that it's part it's part of being human and having a soul Absolutely. And there are different soul groups. There are different flavors of, of, you know, you have to find your tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like there's one awakening is not just this one big cauldron. You know, I feel like there are different flavors and people feel happiest when they are with people that are in the same flavor, you know, 
Because for me on my awakening, I was jumping from pool to pool to pool to try to find one that felt better um, because I didn't know. And, and sometimes it's, that's, that's a good thing, you know? And so my group tends to be very um, well-educated people that are trying to do things in the world. We, my group doesn't usually use the fancy terms like karma and past life. and all. I mean, we, it, it's in the air, but we don't focus there as part of mm-hmm. oh, the awakening is to know your, your past life trauma. Or It's interesting, but my attitude is there's plenty in this life to worry about. Yes. And, and if you can't get to the root of it, oh yeah, going to past life. But because I, I used to do that. Yeah. And because it was a way to sort of avoid the pain in this life. Like, well, I'll go into the past life and figure out what happened. Oh, because, you know, it's, it's the responsibility of past me, not, yeah. not my responsibility right now. Yeah. yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> there, done that. So I'm hoping that just by expressing how screwed up I was in trying to be awakened, people might be able to feel into, oh, maybe I'm not the only one that thinks has done these things. And I'm like, well, good on you. It means you're trying. Yeah. I'd I'd much rather have that than someone who's not doing anything at all. So kudos to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yet couldn't agree more. And yeah, the show, one of our, you know, primary focuses is the message out there to people that you are not alone, that, you know, that there are people out there that can help, but also, you know, that, that you're not broken. You're you're not broken. You're not broken. Yeah. 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 So, um, if people want to work with you or want to connect with you, how, how can they do that? Yes. Well, you can just, um, I'm pretty reachable on most of the social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikToks. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff on TikTok. Um, you can reach out and just ask to schedule a, a complimentary consult. My job is just to listen you know, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know if I can help you or not. There's some things that I know are better suited for other people. And I may be able to refer you. Um, if I do think I can help, I'll start suggesting what I think would be useful. So the first thing is just look me up. You can send an, in, an email to info at safehavenhealing.net. Or you can go to my website and click on the, the calendar function and book a time. And it's just for us to s- sit around and chat a bit a short conversation. So I get a feeling of the energy in the room. Is this someone I feel like I can serve? Because I, I want to make sure I can get a good result for you. You know, it's a co-creation, but I think the fit is very important. And then I can suggest, okay, if we were to work together, how it might look. Is it private work? Is it group work? Is it, There are all kinds of things that we can do. Sometimes I have small masterminds. I have one that's very popular for women that focuses on the feminine essence. Um, I'll, I'll send you a note on that. I, that, I yeah. open that periodically throughout the year. And that's for women who want to increase their feminine sensuality as part of their spiritual awakening, which, by the way, I think is really important. Mm. That's a part of the awakening that sometimes people skip over, you know, like, oh, you know, but it's, it's, it's enjoyable and it can speed things up. In terms of your aliveness, your, your life force, your sensuality is an important part of that. And many women are yearning for a way to do that. And if that sounds interesting, you know, hit me up. I'll send you a link. Um, I open it up a few times a year 
you can just get on the waiting list mm-hmm. and I can let you know when the next one opens. Very easy. But I, yeah, I, I'm very reachable on the socials, LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, whatever. And, oh, and- we can connect. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will. Um, you have given me all your links and things, yes. and so I'll put that in the show notes, um, sure. and so people can um, can reach out to you, um, yes, through those and, links. And I have a gift for everyone: the ultimate stress relief guide for women. That one touches a little bit on the sensuality, a little bit, but it's more just a little bit. Some people like video, some people like audio, some people like a blog. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll give one of each to see which one people like. And um, it's just a taster, but it'll give people a little bit more sense of how I go about things. Because I think people know who's right for them. Mm. They just, they can feel it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I really believe in intuition too. And, and just, yeah. yeah, finding, feeling into who that, who that, that right fit is for you. So yeah, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, <laughs> you Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Oh, it's a pleasure. So um, I'm just going to um, sign off. Okay. Um, so, so thank you, everyone, for joining uh, myself, Tanya Valentin, and the incredible Adele Wang um, on the When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains podcast. Um, please have a look on um, the show notes for all Adele's information, her social links, if you'd like to work with her, connect with her, or access her freebie. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. You have been listening to the When She Wakes, She Will Move Mountains podcast with me, your host, Tanya Valentin, and my special guest, Adele Wang. Please be sure to hit subscribe and to check out Adele's links and offerings in the show notes. For a full transcription of this episode, please go to my website, www.tanyavalentin.com author.com